see what's going on uh, with you as a, as a congregation. Um, uh, I, I can, can see over the, the time that Pastor David has been here, there's been a marriage between pastor and people, and, and I, I could tell in just the email, the messages that we sent back and forth between uh, Pastor David and I, uh, that uh, your pastor is excited about you as a congregation, and that's a good sign, and it means that you are excited uh, about him, and there, there's this beautiful marriage going on between you, and God is using you to work together to build the kingdom, and that's exciting, and I'm, I'm looking forward uh, in the days ahead of, of hearing greater and greater things happening uh, with the Ansonia Church of God. wanted to share this morning out of the, the, the little book uh, in the New Testament called the book of Jude. And uh, uh, I, I heard this little joke, just as kind of a getting into this a little bit, heard this little joke about four fellows who decided to kind of uh, play hooky from church one Sunday morning, and they went and played a round of golf. And they got to the golf course, and their round of golf just didn't go all that well. You know, they, they just weren't driving the ball very well, you know, it would slice off into the rough or get in the sand traps or whatever, and they weren't putting all that good either. Uh, the balls just weren't, you know, falling into the cup, you know, it just, they just weren't, their, their scores were high, you know, it just wasn't going well. And then to top it off, a thunderstorm started rolling in, began to rain. And so they decided, well, let's make our way back to the clubhouse. Maybe we can have a cup of coffee or a donut or something and, and at least to have a little time together that way. And so they, they got back to the clubhouse. The storm had rolled in only to find that lightning had struck and the electric was out. The, the restaurant and lounge of the clubhouse was shut down. And so they decided, you know, just to pack it up and go home. And, and one of the guys said to the others, you know, he said, you know, fellas, we probably should have just gone to church this morning. And one of the fellows said, well, oh, oh no. He says, I couldn't have possibly gone to church this morning. My wife is home sick in bed. <laughs> well, sometimes we, 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 we tend to make excuses, don't we? And what I like us to think about this morning, just how serious are we about our Christian faith? Uh, is our Christian faith, is it noticeable? Can people around us see that we are Christian by our priorities, our attitudes, the way we act, the way we do things, the way we carry ourselves, uh, the, the way we are out in our, in our uh, society and culture, at the workplace, at school, and so forth? P can people notice, can they see that we are Christian? Are there some things that are worth standing up for? Uh, I, I, I've heard people say, and I, I've heard of people, uh, been told of people saying this, that they, they will say something like, well, my faith is a private matter. In other words, my faith is between me and God alone. But the thing is, when Jesus died for our sins, it was not a private matter. Jesus died very publicly. He laid down his life, and he did it in front of all to see. It wasn't a private show. It was a very public thing. And if we are to be Christ's disciple and his followers, then certainly the way we live our Christian life 
should be done in a way that is public, that people notice that we belong to him. Are there some things that are worth fighting for, standing up for, uh, giving ourselves to, where our Christian faith is concerned? I want to read this morning out of the book of Jude. Jude is a, like, is, is a very small book in our New Testament. There's only 25 verses to it. But I'd like to, to read this morning the first four verses of the book of Jude. If you have your Bibles, you may want to turn back to that. Jude verses 1 through 4. Here's what it says. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ, Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer as we, we look into God's word this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for this time together, Lord. We thank you for each and every one who has gathered here this morning. And Lord, I thank you for this wonderful congregation of people and how you have blessed them and led them and Father, I just pray that you would uh, guide this service this morning and what is said and done would bring glory to you. And more importantly, Lord, most importantly is what we need to, to receive from you, that your spirit, your guidance, your grace, Lord, may shine upon us and we can gain something from this that will help us in our walk with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen. Jude says, he says he's a brother of James, and most scholars say that, that the James that he is talking about is uh, the, the one who was the brother of the Lord, and he was also a leader in uh, the uh, Jerusalem church, the early Ju Jerusalem church. Um, Jude, uh, scholars believe that he says he's the brother of James, and they believe that Jude was also a half-brother uh, to the Lord. But Jude doesn't make any big deal of that. He just says that he's a bondservant of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Jude, was, he wrote this epistle with a very uh, deep concern upon his heart uh, for the church. It seems there were people who had crept into the early church who were teaching false doctrines and ideas they were even denying the sovereignty of the Lord Jesus Christ. And these people were trying to pull uh, others away from their simple faith in Christ as Savior and Lord of their lives. In the midst of this, Jude urges his readers to contend earnestly for the faith. Now that word contend is a very strong word. It means to fight for something. It means to challenge, to assert. It means to maintain your position about something, to declare what you believe. And Jude wants his readers to be in earnest, to be intent, to be serious 
about this struggle that they are in for the truth of Christ in his salvation. The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is at the heart of the church. It is like Paul writes, it is the power of God to salvation to all who believe. Jesus is the Messiah. He is the Savior. He is God the Son. He is God who came to us in human form. Only through his blood that he shed upon the cross could sin's price be paid. Only through Jesus as he died for our sins can we be set free from the power of sin and of death. Only through faith in Christ can we have the assurance of eternal life. You know, if that message gets lost somehow in the church, if the church becomes just an institution, if the church only becomes something that you kind of join or become part of to try to help you make a, be a better person or something, if the church becomes just kind of a social service agency that does good things in the community, and that message about Jesus and the life-changing, life-transforming power of his salvation and of his spirit, if that message gets lost then the church becomes, and, and Christianity becomes, a meaningless thing. And I, I believe it's, it can be very easy for a church, any church, to lose its way here. Um, in, in my first pastorate, I uh, served in, in a small church in Greentown, Ohio. Uh, Greentown is in northeast Ohio. It's right in between the cities of Akron and Canton. And it's just more or less a, a small village. We were part of the North Canton City School District. But in our, our, our little community there, we had four churches. Now, I was pastoring the, the, the First Church of God in Greentown at that time, and there was a Methodist church and a Nazarene church, and there was also a, a church which I, I believe they called themselves an independent Baptist church. And uh, now, a couple times a year, uh, our church, the Nazarenes and the Methodists, we get together for, a, uh, for unity services usually at Thanksgiving and uh, right on Good Friday, we'd have a Good Friday service. And, and, and we would do that just to get together and, and fellowship with, with our, our brothers and sisters in Christ from the other churches in the community and, and uh, get to know one another a little bit and, and just fellowship and worship and, uh, and be thankful for that mutual faith that we had in, in Christ. Uh, and after we'd, I'd been there a couple of years and I thought, well, maybe it'd be a good idea to invite uh, this, this bat, little Baptist church in town. So I... I uh, called up the pastor and invited him to come. I, I quickly found out why they have the word independent, you know, before, before their, their name. I, I, because I, I received in the mail, about two or three days later, I received in the mail a six-page, single-spaced, typewritten epistle about why they could not come and, and join us uh, in those, those unity services. Uh, this pastor told me that you know, they were, he was very concerned about if they joined together with us, that somehow that might blur the lines of doctrinal distinctiveness that their church had. And I thought in my mind, you know, somehow the idea of just coming together as brothers and sisters in the Lord and fellowshipping with one another and celebrating the fact that in Christ we have a mutual salvation, we have a mutual uh, of faith to, to, to just you know, worship and, and fellowship together and, and, and center our minds upon Christ. 
Somehow that got lost in all of that. Uh, Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And, and it's so important that we keep the focus upon that. And I believe this is part of, of contending for the faith. It is to fight the good fight of faith, to be intent, to be serious about doing it. It is to keep the focus upon what's really most important. And what I'd like us to think about this morning is, is what does it mean to actually contend for the faith? Well, what does that look like in the church as we, as we worship together within a local congregation? Now, now here is, <laughs> if you thought I had trouble with the microphone, wait until we get into this message because this is where it gets a little bit dicey this morning. This is going to be uh, quite a bit different, probably, than what you're normally used to. And uh, so uh, how many here believe in, in Christian kindness and grace and mercy and Christian cooperation and all those good things? How many in here believe that? Do you believe in all that? That's good, because I'm going to rely upon that a lot right now. I'm going to ask you to do something. Now, don't do anything until I, I tell you what to do, but... Uh, uh, first of all, here's what I want you to do. I want you all to stand. Okay, would you all stand up? Oh, you're a, look, a good-looking group of people now. Now, what I want you to do now, I want, to, I want you to pick up everything that you brought with you into the sanctuary this morning. Okay, your Bible, your bulletin, your purse, whatever it might be. Pick that up. All right, pick it up. <clears throat> Hold on to it. Now, now I don't, I don't want anyone to move yet, but here's what I want you to do. All right. Are you? <laughs> I hope you're ready for this. I really do. <laughs> here's what I want you to do. I want all of those who are sitting on this side, okay? What I'm going to do is I'm going to have you transfer your membership to that side. <laughs> okay, now hold on. Hold on. And all of you sitting over here, what I'm going to have you do is also transfer your membership to that side. And what I want you to do is just, you know, just file across the aisle, you know, greet each other as you go by, you know, just file across the aisle and just change places. Okay, would you do that for me? On one, two, three, go. All right. In case you didn't greet each other earlier on the other side of the church, now's your chance. All right. I, I kind of figured I'd stir up something here if I did that this morning. You know, we, the Church of God people like the fellowship a lot. And, and, uh, uh, but, but isn't this interesting? Now, I don't know how many of you, uh, you know, end up sitting on the same side of the church every Sunday morning, but, but some of you may be seeing things from a totally different perspective now than what you, you normally would. You know, maybe you're seeing some different things than what you, you've seen before. And... Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm basically kind of like, like you are. 
uh, in our church, uh, I come in and I usually sit where I normally sit, you know. A lot of times when we walk into the sanctuary and eat, I sit kind of over on this side and I'm, you know, my, some of my family is there usually in the service or some of our friends and we'll, we'll kind of sit in that area generally. And, and I do that pretty much every Sunday morning. I'm there. And, you know, it, it's, it's easy for us, I think at times, to just kind of do things the same way. We, we kind of get used to it. You know, we don't like to change and, and we get comfortable. We get comfortable with the way that we always do things. We get comfortable with the way that things always are. You know what I'm saying? We just kind of get comfortable with that. Um, let me share a, a story with you, uh, and a personal story. I, uh, in 1993, I was pastoring the Church of God in Eaton, and uh, at that time, we had our 50th anniversary of our church. And uh, the year, just the year before, we had relocated to uh, our, a new building that we put up. And it was our 50th anniversary celebration. And I had asked a former pastor uh, of the Eden Church, a, uh, a pastor, Charles Haney. I'd asked him to come and, and preach our uh, anniversary, 50th anniversary service. And he's a great guy. He was a wonderful preacher, wonderful man of God. He's passed away now. But he agreed to come and, and preach our anniversary service. Now, when Pastor Haney had been pastor at the Eden Church, the church was just in a very small building on uh, Route 127 that goes through Eden. And the building actually sat between two houses. And I remember when we tried out at the church and uh, was meeting with the Paul Committee, I drove past the church, didn't even see it, because it just kind of sat between those two houses. Uh, the building actually only would hold comfortably maybe 120 people. When Pastor Haney was there, he served there for like 13 and a half years during the 1960s and into uh, mid and late 1970s. And while he was there, I, I did some research on the, the church before I, we went to Eden. And, and I noted that there were times in, in Pastor Haney's ministry where the church had grown to like 160 people. And it would be there maybe for a year or so, and then it would drop down to 90 or 100 or, or maybe back to 80. And then maybe, the, you know, a couple years later, it'd be up to 140. And then maybe it would drop back down to, you know, 90 again. And it was just kind of this, this roller coaster effect, you know. And uh, uh, he had been there, you know, 13 and a half years. He did a great job. He, he, he laid some pretty solid groundwork for when I came. But, uh, you know, that, that had been kind of the history of the church. And when, when we got there in 1986, the church was still in that small building, but they had a vision for the future. And they purchased five acres of ground and... Uh, uh, we were fortunate enough to, to be there during that time when we re relocated. We put up a new building. And by the time we were having our 50th anniversary celebration of our church, the church was averaging about 190 in attendance, which was, a, you know, uh, th that, that relocating really was a big boost to us as a congregation. And during that 50th anniversary celebration, Pastor Haney, we had a couple of, of moments together, and he said to me, in private, he said, Pastor Jerry, he says, I want you to know something. He said, I could not have done 
while I was here, I could not have done what you have done here. And bless his heart, he looked at me and he said, there were some people in this congregation that had to die before what you did could take place. Now think about that. There were some people in that church that had to die before the church could, could move ahead and make progress. How sad is that? How sad is that? Uh, I, I don't know how you feel about it. I, I hit my 70th birthday this past January. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, Rose only looks like she's 50, but, you know, I hit 70. And, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but I can get kind of set in my ways. But, but I'll tell you what, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but I don't want to be like someone who has to die before the church can make progress or, 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 or move forward. At the very least, I want to get out of the way. At the very best, I want to make sure that if I have to change my attitudes, if I have to change the way I do things, if I have to look at things differently and, and do things differently, I want to do that. I don't want to stand in the way. I don't want to be a hindrance to what the Lord may want to do. And sometimes I believe it just takes the church as a whole to think maybe outside the box a bit, to think differently. And uh, I, I've got the feeling, I know Pastor David is a young, energetic pastor, and you're very fortunate to have him here as your senior pastor. And I'm sure, you know, he's, he's that forward-thinking individual, and, and that's good. As the church, that needs to happen with everyone. You know, we need to, to, to think you know, our, our culture is changing at such a rapid pace. And, and people are, are uh, you know, there's there so many things that are, that, are, that are changing radically. And as a church, we, we, we don't want to get behind the eight ball in this. You know, we, we want to make sure that, that we're, we are, are, are taking the unchanging message of Christ. And... You know, however we have to package it, whatever changes we have to make in, the, in our methods and the way we do things, to make sure that somehow we reached our culture with that message of Jesus and his love. And, and that's so important. Sometimes it may mean that we just have to do things differently to get it done. We can't do things always the way that we've been comfortable with. Um, now, having said that, is this, is this microphone not working good either? Have I destroyed this one also, or is I just, I get a lot of echo. Having said that, <laughs> now I'm really going to stretch you this morning. This is going to be far beyond anything you probably had in mind when you came to church this morning. I'm going to ask you to do something else, you know. <laughs> Remember about grace and mercy and cooperation and, and all those things. Uh, I, I, I really need 100% cooperation to kind of bring this off this morning. So I'm going to ask you to, to one more time. I'm going to have all of you stand. <laughs> you may never have me back to speak again after we're done. But... But here's what I want you to do. Pick up everything you brought with you. 
<laughs> oh, this is going to stretch you. you. You're probably not going to like me at all. It's, this is going to be like, you know, getting a root canal. You know, you're not. <laughs> Here's what I want you to do. Um, I want you, now don't do anything until I finish giving you instructions. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to have all of you move forward. And here's how I want you to do it. I want you to, you know, you can file out either down the middle aisle or on either side. But I want you to come, come up and beginning with the first pew right here, just fill it in. You know, on either side, just fill in the first pew. And, and I know, I know it's, I see this couple here in front. And I'm, I know I'm asking them to do, do God, like he's got a little baby right here. But, uh, but fill in the front pews. And, and then after you get the first, first two pews filled in, then just, you know, keep on coming down, fill in the second pew and so forth all the way back until all the front few pews are filled. <laughs> are you ready for this? All right. Okay. One, two, three, and go. Just, just keep filling in the pew, and as soon as the pew is filled in in, the, in front, just go into the next pew. Move over toward the middle. Just keep filling it in. Come on down, wherever you see a pew. Fill in that second pew. As soon as the second pew is filled in, got a few more spots right there in that second pew. Fill that in. Come on down. Continue to fill it in. Oh, you're doing good. Come on down. Come on down. If you, uh, <laughs> and, and if you're new here this morning, I apologize for making you move all over. Uh, if you don't know the person sitting beside you, introduce yourself. Or if the person sitting beside you, you haven't talked to them for a while, ask them how things are going. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now, uh, why don't you look at this? Now, I know, I know this is an off Sunday. Your youth, I believe, are all on a, in a work camp, and, of course, the pastor's away, and, and uh, you know, I, I know this is kind of an off Sunday for you. But, uh, but look back here. All of this space back here. Uh, now, now, listen, that's, that's not a bad thing. Now, I know you're not going to sit like this every Sunday, <laughs> but by the way, if you want to give Pastor David a heart attack when he comes back, sit like this next Sunday and see what he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll either just faint straight out or he'll, you know, leap and jump for joy and run the aisles or something, you know. But, but, uh, but you know, I, just kind of knowing a little bit of the history of your church, I know there's a hunger that you have. You want to reach your community for Christ. You want to see people come to know Jesus as Savior and Lord of their lives. You want to see that, that area filled up. 
wouldn't it be nice if you had to sit this way every Sunday just so you can accommodate the crowd, you know? Uh, and I, I want you to know the Lord wants to see that filled up even more than you do. You know, God is good. Uh, I would just encourage you this morning by saying this to you, that I, I know we're living in a time, in an era, when statistics tell us that so many Christian folk, so many uh, people who claim to be part of the church, a member of a church, whatever, so many folk, they only maybe attend services once a month at their church, maybe twice a month. Some attend three times a month or four times a month. But I would just want to encourage you this morning to, to help you to, to, to really understand the fact that your presence in church, your attendance is so very, very important. Because your presence in the church service, it adds strength to everything that goes on in the service. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, Jason, your music director, can tell you that, you know, when, when, there, when there's a great crowd here, it's inspiring, it's encouraging. You know, it's encouraging to the worship service when, when, when you're here to bring strength to that service. It's encouraging to your pastor when you're here and he sees your face every Sunday and, and he knows he can depend upon you being here. It fires him up when he sees a good crowd here every Sunday. Your, your attendance is so very, very important. And I know that, that you as a church, you, you do a lot of different outreaches, a lot of different uh, uh, things, trying to reach out to the community. You invite people to come in, and all, the, all of that is so great and so good. Uh, but what happens when new people come? If you're not here, if you're not here, you weaken the church by that much. And when you are here, you know, when you're here, it's an impressive thing. When people can come in and they see you and you're excited about the church and you're here and you're, you're, you're welcoming and you're open and you're friendly and you're encouraging, you know, that, that is, is an incentive for them to come back. <laughs> that, that's so important and so needed. Your presence brings strength to this church. Um, I, I, I would just encourage you, don't be among those and... <laughs> And I felt like this as a pastor sometimes. Don't be among those who, who uh, wake up on Sunday morning and you're laying there in bed and thinking, man, have I had a tough week. Oh, it's been busy. I'd just like to stay in here and this bed feels so good. I'd just like to sleep in and just take the Sunday off and rest up. I want us to know this morning that our real rest is found in the Lord. And you being in church, it gives God the opportunity as you worship together, maybe to speak to you through the songs, through the prayer, through something that was read out of the scripture, through the message. God may have something that he wants to touch your life with, but if you're not here to receive that, you miss the blessing. It's so important that you be here. And, and it may be that you being here, God wants to work through you to touch the life of a person that he's brought here for the first time. How important that is. Your presence 
add strength to what your church is doing. When you're not here, it weakens by that much what the Lord may want to do in this body of Christ. That is so very, very important. I, I hope you realize the importance of that. You are an important part of what happens here. Now, let, let, me, uh, let, let me go back here once again <laughs> and, and take a look at this. Uh, let, let me ask this question. When, when new people come to the church, where do you think they will feel most comfortable sitting? Back here. All right? So if, if new people come in, and, and I, believe, I believe there are going to be a lot of new people coming in because you have an exciting congregation. There are good things going on here. Good things are happening. God wants to add new people to this congregation. But when they come, what will they find? Now, if a new family, new couple, whatever comes in, and they'll come through these doors back here probably. They'll come in. Now, 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 now I'm not trying to put anyone down here or, or slam anybody, but just think about this. It's a matter of perspective here. We're trying to get, uh, you know, look, think outside the box here a little bit. All right? If new people come in, and back here in these pews, all of what Jude calls the... Uh, all of the ones who are preserved, the sanctified, you know, the preserved in Christ. If all of you are sitting back here in these pews and these pews are filled up, what's that mean? That means that all of those new people who, come in, who are going to come in, they have to walk out in front of 100 pairs of eyes or 150 pairs of eyes, and they have to walk out in front of you and find a seat up here. How's that going to make them feel? rather uncomfortable, you know. They, they, they want to be able to just kind of slip in, be kind of anonymous, you know. They, they maybe, maybe someone invited them, maybe you had an outreach ministry and reached out to them, and they finally got up enough nerve to come to church for the first time. And they come in, and they just, they just don't feel like they can fit in anywhere. It's, it's all full back here. You understand what I'm saying? You know? it, it's so important, you know, because what... We're not thinking here, we're not, we're not looking at where we sit necessarily as, as to, to consider the eternal things that are involved here. Um, uh, I've heard of horror stories that have happened in some churches where, and, and again, I'm not going to slam, I'm not trying to slam anybody, I'm just kind of telling it like it is. I've heard of horror stories in, in, in churches where maybe... Uh, you know, an individual or a couple has sat in a certain pew for years, you know, that's been their pew. They've always sat in that pew, you know. And, and, uh, and, and you know, you appreciate faithfulness and all, and that's good. Uh, however, what happens, though, when, you know, brother and sister so-and-so who have sat in the same pew for years, what happens when, a, when they walk in on Sunday morning and lo and behold, a new couple or a new family is sitting in their pew. <laughs> what happens? Uh, I've heard of horror stories where instead of uh, the people being gracious and going up and, and saying, uh, hi, we're, we're glad that you came to service this morning, so glad you're here, and uh, introducing themselves and say, I hope you enjoy the service, and then going and sitting somewhere else, 
Instead, they'll come up to that new person and they'll say, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, I, I'm, uh, this is my pew. You know, uh, this is where I sit. Uh, would you mind uh, moving over there? Or I think there's a pew over there you could probably sit in, okay? If, if a new family came to church and they got that kind of treatment, what do you think would happen? They would probably leave and not come back. And, and the sad part of it is, not only might they leave this church, but they, not, they might not go anywhere else ever to church. See, what, what we're talking about here, th there are eternal realities here hanging in the balance. You know, just, just in, in the way we do church, in the way we think about stuff, Eternal things can be hanging in the balance. This is important stuff. Do, do we make room for people who come to church for the first time? Are we concerned about them? Are we actually contending for the faith? Are, are, are we actually being the body of Christ who is reaching out in love? Or, or do we come to church and we're more concerned about our likes and our dislikes and our conveniences and having things the way we've always done them? How can we reach people with the good news of the gospel of Christ? It's not about us and what we like. It's about being the servants of the risen Lord. It's about doing his will. And sometimes, I believe it happens in churches, and it's probably not true with this church at all, but sometimes it happens in churches where churches get kind of in a, in a gridlock because they've done the same thing the same way for so long. And maybe there's, a, maybe there's a, an event or a ministry or a program that really, really isn't working all that well anymore. And, and it really needs to be dropped and, and something different done. But instead of, of dropping it and letting it go, uh, everyone is quite afraid that, that if they do that, a sister so-and-so who has ran that event for years is going to have an absolute conniption if you drop that program. Or maybe there's another you know, ministry that's working, but... If it was just tweaked a little bit, just, just, just some, a few changes made, it could be so much more effective. And, and uh, instead of that happening, everyone's kind of concerned because brother so-and-so who's, who's heading that up, he might just go ballistic if, if they try to change anything. And, and we really need to, to understand as Christians, it's not about us. It's not about what we like or dislike. It's not about what we've done in the past. But we really need to think about what we do as a church, to think about, you know, think kind of outside the box at times, to, to really take a look at, at uh, you know, have we gotten so comfortable and so used to the way things are that we're not willing to change? You know, just, just being willing to be flexible and, and to allow God's Spirit to move among us, and to, to really allow the church to be what Christ wants it to be, the hands and feet, his body, 
that will make a difference for Christ in this world. And, and, and what I'd like to, to close this morning by asking, is there any thing, is there anything that, that and I ask this of myself, is there anything, any attitude that needs to be changed? Is there any attitude you need to change about the way you view church and the way you do church, both individually and as a congregation? Is there anything you're doing that you need to stop doing? <laughs> or is there anything that you're doing that maybe needs to be changed a bit so you can do it better? Is there anything that maybe, uh, is there any commitment that needs to be made about how you're going to, to serve the Lord and how you're going to allow the Lord to use you? Maybe a commitment to just be more faithful to the church or a commitment to just be more sensitive to the people around you or what you do. Is there anything you need to do to, to allow the Lord to just be Lord and, and God over all that is done, to be sensitive. Uh, it's not about us. It's not about our likes and dislikes. It's about loving the Lord, loving each other, uh, by His grace, doing what works and doing it well so that the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ can find its way into the hearts and minds of people who need him. We're talking about eternal things. <laughs> Even perhaps in where we sit <laughs> on a Sunday morning. This is a good congregation. And uh, I believe that God wants to do even better and more far-reaching things here than he's ever done before. Are you ready? Are you ready to kind of think outside the box a little bit and see things from a different perspective? <laughs> Step up to the plate, so to speak. <laughs> Do things in a way that, that God can accomplish what he wants to accomplish in this congregation. There are good things ahead. The challenge is, the challenge for all of us is to contend for the faith, to be serious and in earnest about being the body of Christ that will make a difference. Would you stand? Our Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for this wonderful congregation of people and thank you, Lord, for their uh, good nature and cooperating this morning. Lord, help us to understand about what we're doing together, about what we are as Christians. Help us to understand the importance of church. Help us to understand that when we come, it's not just about our, what we want to do. It's about what you want to do in us and through us to make a difference in the lives of others. Father, I just pray you'd bless this congregation, bless this people. Encourage Pastor David and encourage the leadership here. 
we pray that just great things could happen in the life of this church. We'll thank you, Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And certainly as we close the service this morning, the altar is open for any need that...